This week's episode of Finding Demo Surfishing is being brought to you by the Sinker Guy. Go on over to thesinkerguy.com and take a look at all the stuff that Chip's got going on in the Sinker Guy garage. If you need sinkers, hey, it's in his name. He's got them for you. Sputniks all day. If you need a certain size, he's got the one all the way up to five. I know that. But if you need special sizes, reach out to him. He can work with you to try to help you out to get the size you need. If you need terminal tackle or maybe some tools, scissors, uh, line cutters, there's some cool stuff in there. It's all on his website. So again, thesinkerguy.com. Go to the website, get your order in today. Quick shipping, outstanding customer service. You're going to love it. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode. We're doing another video episode this week, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying them. I mean, they've been kind of fun to do. They're a little harder to edit. I'll give you that. They definitely are. But lots of cool stuff on that. This week, we're staying local in Navarre, um, and we are going to be talking with the Navarre Beach uh, Turtle. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Navarre Beach Sea Turtle Conservation Center. Now, if you've been here before, they're right there by Marine Park. They're on the left when you turn left to go into that area. They got the whole thing. They're expanding, which is awesome to see. They've got a cool little center right there that has a ton of information about sea turtles. Now, you might be thinking, why is this an episode that I wanted to do? Well, if you beach fish in Florida, it's not a matter of if you catch a turtle, it's when. And it happens. It, we know you're no one's targeting turtles. Everybody automatically feels the gut wrenching pain and suffering when they're reeling in and all of a sudden they see that head breach and they're like, oh, no, instant panic. Like, oh, my God, I'm killing a turtle. Um, you're not. Don't worry. But we're going to go over a lot of stuff this on this episode to help you out um, understanding what to do when you do catch one, things to see for nests, uh, who to call if you're in this area. We'll go over the service area for them. Lots of great stuff on there. And we're going to be talking today with Keith Feldman. He's, I'm going to let him talk about his title. I'm not going to try to butcher any of his stuff. I don't know that side of the world very well, so I'm not going to do that. But lots of cool stuff. So I hope you're ready. I'm really excited to talk to, us, uh, talk to him. So without further ado, Keith, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It's good to have you finally. We've only been planning this for a few months and, you know, you, you, you go out of town, I break my leg or I bust my knee and then I can't do anything. And then the, uh, yeah, the season kicks up. <laughs> <laughs> apparently I just, I just wing it all the time. <laughs> so Keith, let's start at the beginning here. What, um, what got you into working at the turtle conservancy? <laughs> well, I, I moved down here to Navarre, uh, five years or four and a half years ago, um, basically to be closer to my family. And uh, once I settled in down here, I was living by myself and uh, uh, I'm retired and I, I wanted to kind of fill my time. And my niece actually suggested to me that I volunteer at the, at the Turtle Center. Uh, so I went out and uh, I got an orientation and uh, they put me on their FIT team, which is their first impressions team. And you're basically there to set up and and learn and close down and just do what's necessary to keep the center running on a day-to-day -day basis uh, and while guests are there. And as I got into it a little bit more, I really started to enjoy it. The people there are just fantastic. And uh, they introduced me to the rescue team. And uh, 
they started training me and took me on under their wing. And I've been working now on the rescue team for three and a half years with some of the just greatest people I've ever met. Um, their dedication to this is just incredible. And uh, from there, I stepped onto the board of directors at the center. And uh, so I give tours and, and work around the center on Wednesdays. And I'm on the rescue team the rest of the week and board of directors whenever necessary. So uh, it's been a wonderful ride. <laughs> that's, that's quite the movement right there. So before yeah. before Navarre, where were you? I was actually uh, just outside Washington, D.C. Uh, in Maryland. I, uh, I worked for a uh, law firm. I wasn't a lawyer. <laughs> I was a CFO uh, for a law firm for 30 years. And uh, uh, finally, when I retired, uh, I decided that I wanted to be around family. And the only family I had was my sister and her children who were down here in Navarre. So I came down and I met with them and I actually asked them if they would mind if I joined their little community and they were very excited about me coming down. So uh, I moved down here and it's probably the best move I've ever made. It's not too bad down here. You get no, good weather and water and life. It's not too bad. <laughs> well, all you have to do is sit out on the pier for about 20 minutes and you realize, yeah, this is probably a good place to be. This is, uh, it makes me very happy. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. And speaking of the pier, you're out there quite a bit, uh, especially nowadays. That's, that's yeah. uh, a daily stop for you. I'm sure. Yeah, no, we, uh, somebody on our team is out on the pier, uh, basically from about 7.30 in the morning till about 7.30 at night. Uh, we have different shifts. We have different people who go out, uh, but we're out there. We are in the heart of uh, nesting season right now. So there are a lot of turtles in the area. Uh, there are a lot of them around the pier and we have been rescuing them on quite a feverish pitch at this point. Uh, <laughs> I think we're up to 25 or 26 rescues already this year. Uh, we had 47 off the pier itself last year. Uh, in total. So to be this high at this early date, <laughs> sky's the limit for this season, but we're going to be really busy. In fact, uh, uh, some of our members today on our team uh, took our rescue van and, and assisted the Gulf area in a release down at Top Sail of four turtles, one of which uh, was rescued off the Navarre Pier. So we work in coordination with them uh, with the, both the rescues because we uh, most of our turtles go to the care center at the Gulf area. And then uh, they include us with the releases. And uh, it's been one heck of an experience. Wow, that sounds so great. I mean, it's got to be super gratifying after a rescue to get them released right back out in the wild and see them go. It is. It really is. It, it's an amazing, to go through the entire cycle is pretty impressive. Well, let's back into the, uh, let's talk about the Conservancy itself. What is the Conservancy and what does it do? Well, basically the center was created uh, by Kathy and Jim Holmes. Uh, and it's basically uh, they want to educate the uh, the community. Um, it, it's a center where we have animals that are all the animals that we have at the center are deemed non-releasable back into the wild for one reason or another. Either they were pets or they were injured or whatnot. But all those animals uh, that we have at the center uh, and that we take such good care of uh, are there because they cannot go back out into their natural environment. Um, so our job through them uh, is to educate the public on what they can do uh, here on the Gulf Coast uh, uh, to save sea turtles, to save wildlife in general. Uh, we teach them about the ecosystem uh, in the area out in the Gulf. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just want to educate as many people as possible to help 
uh, if, if you're not aware uh, of the seven species of sea turtles in the world, all seven are listed on the endangered species list. Uh, so it's a very important cause that we, uh, we try and work as, as closely as possible between rescues and nesting um, and education to, uh, to protect these animals going forward. They are awesome animals, I will say. I, I have no problem with a turtle. I don't know who yeah. does, but I don't have a problem with one of them. Why is it so important that we have the conservancy? Well, because there really isn't anything else in this area to, to help teach people um, how to what to do when you catch a sea turtle on the pier or what to do when you catch a sea turtle uh, on a boat or on, off the beach. Um, uh, if you find wild animals, how to treat them, how to be careful with them. Uh, you know, it, uh, people just they just don't know how to deal with certain situations. And, and our job basically is to educate them on on how to properly do all of that and who the people are that they need to contact uh, so that the best effort can be made to save all these creatures. And when we open with the show, I even said it. I mean, it's not a matter of if you catch a turtle, it's when you do. I mean, they they just cruise by and it's not like, you know, they don't always get hooked in the mouth. That's the one that's the one yeah. I wish, you know, it's like just get it in your mouth. It's a little easier to control versus most a flipper. Of the, most of the ones we rescue are foul hooked, which means it's anywhere else but in the mouth. And uh it's it's just because they swim through the lines. Uh, you know, their flippers uh flip backwards. So as they swim through the lines, they push the lines back and the line will slide up their flipper and get caught underneath. The hook will get caught underneath their flipper or in their neck. Uh, and they can also, you know, they get hooked on the back flipper and whatnot. Uh, you do get a fair amount now of turtles that uh, they will go bottom fishing and get those big hooks with the cut bait on the bottom. Uh, that's usually going to be your loggerheads. Uh, so we do get plenty that are hooked in the mouth, but most are foul hooked. So with these, when you walk into the tur when you walk into the conservancy um, before the upgrade, you're gonna see a pool with one of the turtles just swimming around. He's just gonna greet you there. I can't remember the turtle's name to save my life. Sweepy. Sweepy. Yep. Totally sweet, loving. You know, it's it's fun to watch. You know, just out there having a great time. And then as you walk down the hall, you're gonna see more turtles, uh, and or you're gonna see more examples of turtles. One of the ones that always struck me, and it. It hits my core because, I mean, hell, I'm an angler. I love it. Was finding the one where uh, one of the turtles was x-rayed and it ingested a ton of plastic fishing line and it just wreaked havoc. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, this one of the biggest ones is we always tell people, look, you know, don't leave your line out there. Bring it in. Dispose of it properly. You don't want to freaking create, create a problem here. Sure. But is, is that something that's not something you see all the time, but it is something that does happen. Well, you know, one of the most important, I think, features of, of our rescue team is that uh, I think there's a misunderstanding in the community that, uh, you know, we'll bring the turtle up if, if somebody's hooked it, we'll bring it into shore or bring it up on the pier, uh, and that we're just going to take the hook out and release them. Uh, but that's not the case. Uh, you know, many turtles are out there on the pier, they get hooked and whatnot. And a lot of these fishermen, unfortunately, because of lack of education, um, uh, and that, you know, is just the community's job to, to help educate everybody. But what they do is they just cut the line. And what you have to remember is that that fishing pier is 30 feet off the water. So if you cut that line up by your pole, now that poor turtle has got 30 feet of, of fishing line, uh, even braided or it doesn't really matter, but hanging off the back. And over time, as they swim around, algae collects on it, it becomes heavier and heavier. Um, 
And the worst part of it is, as you'll see, if you ever come to the center uh, and see Sweet Pea, unfortunately, her upper left flipper had to be removed because when she was rescued, the fishing line that was dragging out of her mouth uh, had got wrapped around the base of her flipper and over time had tightened and tightened and cut deep into the bone. And in order to save her life, uh, the flipper had to be removed. Uh, now, just because the flipper was removed, she could have gone back into the Gulf, uh, but she had other issues uh, that uh, required her to be non-releasable. Um, but that's the biggest problem is, is the people that cut the line and then you've got all this line dragging behind the turtles. And, and you know, every turtle that we rescue goes to a care center. Uh, we want to make sure that it's x-rayed, it has blood work. Uh, and specifically for that point of all that plastic uh, that they ingest over time, they have no way of digesting that in their system. And it creates a blockage over time uh, that can kill them, uh, an intestinal blockage that can totally just kill them immediately. So what we do is every time we rescue, we make sure it goes to the care center for that x-ray uh, and those blood, that blood work to make sure before they're released, uh, cleared to be released back into the Gulf, that their system is wide open, clear of all plastic. I didn't realize you guys went that far. I didn't know that during my tour. That's raw. That's a lot more. Um, yeah. So your rescue center is not just, it's not the conservancy. It's over in the Gulf area area over we, there. We're, we're kind of like the, the ambulance, the EMTs. And uh, okay. We're, we're going to, we have a, a great rig uh, that was designed by one of our, uh, one of our guys, one of our leaders, Ralph Agnew. Uh, he designed the rig to have a hoist on the back. Uh, he also designed the nests, the, the nets that we use, uh, that we drop 30 feet down to rescue these turtles. And in fact, he's sharing those nets with the Pensacola Beach and the uh, Okaloosa Beaches as well, uh, their peers. Um, but uh, yeah, basically we'll go out, we'll rescue it, we'll bring it back to the center uh, where we will take measurements, data collection, take pictures. We have fish and wildlife forms we need to fill out. Uh, and we share that with whatever care center they want us to deal with. Usually it's going to be the Gulfarium. If it's not, it's probably Gulf World in Panama City. Uh, and we share that information with them. They tell us where to transport, which care center facility to take it to. Uh, and then we share those pictures and, and documentation uh, of all the injuries so that, and then we'll transport to that facility so that when we arrive, the vet and their staff can immediately take the turtle from our van uh, into the center and start caring for it immediately. Uh, last year, we rescued 47 turtles off the Navarre Beach Pier. Of those 47, 46 successfully made it through rehab and back into the Gulf. And uh, we're very proud of that number. As you should be. 46 out of 47 is a damn good win to return to the sea. Yep. No, we we're very, very happy about this and very proud of those numbers. So you're talking about areas here, and this actually leads very nicely into the, the conversation next. What area do you all cover? Uh, we basically are Navarre Beach proper. Uh, it's about a four and a half mile stretch. Uh, it goes from the last pavilion just before Eglin Air Force Base. Uh, and then it goes all the way up to the National uh, Seashore, uh, which is basically the last house on the beach. And it's four and a half mile stretch. Uh, if you are uh, come across a turtle in any way, uh, fishing or it's washed up on shore or whatnot, uh, at any point in that area, you can call either the peer office. Uh, I have the phone number for that if you'd like it. It's 850-710-3239. Or you can call our center directly uh, at 850-684-3347. 
and we will respond uh, at any point uh, on the Navarre Beach area uh, to retrieve, uh, rescue, or help with any any way we can uh, with any turtle, whether you be washed up, hooked, or caught off the pier. So if you find a couple, if you're on the National Seashore, say, if you're walking through there, who would we contact? Uh, you can contact uh, us. Uh, you can contact the pier office as well. Uh, or you can call the National Seashore. Uh, Fish and Wildlife is always your best bet. Your first best bet is to call Fish and Wildlife Service. Uh, that number is easily accessible uh, on the websites. And uh, you call them and just let them know the location. You can actually give them the GPS of that location. And what they will do is if the seashore uh, team is not available at that time, they'll contact either Pensacola Beach or ourselves, uh, and we will respond. So we get the whole, we'll get everybody involved that needs to be involved to make sure that that turtle has the best chance of surviving. Perfect. So does this cost an angler any money if they were to hook a turtle and call you and say, hey, this happened, I need your help? Absolutely not. We understand they are not targeting the turtles. We know that it's going to happen. There's so many turtles out there and they're hungry <laughs> and they're also swimming. You've got to remember, like I said, it's nesting time right now, May through October. Uh, so there are a lot of females offshore uh, who are just going to swim through lines and get caught. It's just going to happen. And nobody should be scared to call either one of those numbers at any time and say that they've hooked a turtle. Uh, we're going to come out there. We're going to thank you. Uh, we're going to assist you in bringing that turtle in. And then we're going to take a picture with you and the turtle and call you a sea turtle hero because you did the right thing. You called us and we safely retrieved that turtle and we're going to get it through the rehab facility. Y'all are the heroes. You're, I mean, the fact that anyone is willing to help the turtles with these situations, because I mean, let's look back, you know, go back 20 years. This wasn't something that was really well thought of. It was started and it wasn't nearly as found, you know, it doesn't seem to have the foundation it does today. Well, the one, the one thing that, that I will say about uh, the team is that this is probably the most dedicated group of people. There's only 12 or 13 people actually on this permit team. And you do have to be permanent to be on the team and to hold, to work with the turtles, to actually touch the turtles and whatnot. But these guys are so dedicated, men and women, who are just so incredibly dedicated uh, and give of their time. They're all volunteers. Nobody's getting paid, paid to do this. Uh, they do it purely out of love and, and concern for the turtles. And uh, I'm just absolutely proud to be a member of the team. I mean, that's all I'm going to say. These guys are just a fantastic group of people. Yeah, I've loved the staff. I've, I have thoroughly enjoyed every conversation I've ever had with them, and whether it's the, the center itself or seeing them out on the in there uh, with the pulley system, getting one out of the off the pier. Every one of them has been nothing but a perfect professional and fun to talk with. Um, and we've been going for a little while here, so it is time for our first bait check of the episode. It's been about 20 minutes here, so hopefully you've caught a bunch of fish, right? And the first time you go, that's what we do. Yeah, that's what we do. This bait check is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Head on over to NinjaTackleVA.com and see what Matt's got going, growing in the whole Ninja garage, if you want to call it that. 
Matt actually works out of his garage now that I mentioned it. He's got a whole workshop up there. But anyway, uh, Matt's rods have been my favorite. You guys know I use them. The Ninja Tackle, uh, the Ninja Dagger series from seven foot all the way up to 12 foot. I have them in between and I love them at the beach. The seven foot's great at throwing lead. The 8.6 is a naughty monster that's been bringing in tons of Jack Craval this year. Lots of great fish. And a 12 footer has always done well on anything I've ever thrown at it. So uh, great stuff there. If you need, maybe if you're looking to get in the conventional reel side, he's got Accios reels available to get your hands on there he's also got accios rods and different pieces of gear if you're looking for rigs what do you know he's got them in there too it's a one-stop shop it's so great if you're into firearm and firearm accessories he's got ninja tactical that side of the house has all sorts of different weapons pieces that you may need or accessories if you were looking for it and including optics so lots of good stuff there ninja tackle va.com take a look you won't be disappointed so now that we've pulled all these pieces, we talked about that. Now let's move into this one. In fishing, it doesn't, like I said, it's not a matter of if, but when. What are your recommendations to get the turtle unhooked and released without harm if the situation gives you the opportunity to do that? Uh, well, first, first thing I'm going to say is at any point, uh, if you catch a turtle, we do not suggest you try and unhook it. We do not suggest that you... Uh, try and untangle it. We we hold. We hope that you will hold it at bay until we can get there. That you can call the pier office, let them know if you're on the pier, if you're on the beach, where you are. Uh, our response time is usually very good, uh, and you won't be there very long. But we just want you to hold it steady uh, with as little trauma to the turtle as possible uh, until we arrive. If it is a situation where our team is not available, nobody is available. Uh, if you can remove the hook safely and, and not kind of rip it out, but just kind of pop it out, uh, that would be fine. Uh, if there's no way, if, if say the turtle has swallowed the hook, and, and in many cases that is the case, uh, what we would suggest is that you cut the line as close to the hook as you possibly can. Okay, I realize that the hook may be down the turtle's throat, so as close to the mouth, don't get bitten. <laughs> But the idea is you don't want to leave streaming line hanging off the turtle in any way, shape, or form. Uh, that can get tangled around, could possibly seal the beak, or could get tangled around their flipper. Um, so if that's the case, that would be the way to handle it. But our first, and always our first choice, is please contact us. Let us get out there. Let us help you out. Uh, and let us try and get that turtle to the, uh, to the rehab facility. And you guys, you brought it up before, and you pretty much just answered the next three questions, which is always an interesting, oh, crap, what do I do? Um, but, I uh, no, it's great. I'm really not <laughs> even a little sad. The So after you have, let, let's say, we, you know, we call you out, you do all the work, but you realize, hey, this fish has to come into rehab. When you all bring it in, is it kind of a double tap here? Like, yes, we're helping the turtle but we're also it's also science related it's like you're learning about the species it all helps there's more than just hey we're going to rehab it and send it back oh, out. absolutely because uh, like i said we do a, a, a significant amount of data collection off of every turtle we rescue like i said we we will get the turtle up on the pier we'll get them in the back of our utv vehicle and take it back to the center where we will transfer it to a tub large enough for that particular turtle uh, and then we will do all kinds of measurements. Uh, we will look for injuries. We will check the throat for hooks and line. Uh, we will check the turtle for tags and pit tags. 
you know, we, we have many repeat offenders who get caught time and time again. <laughs> and, Locals. <laughs> they are. Well, the funny story, the big funny thing is, is when we assist with releases, and they're usually down around Panama City, uh, we'll go down to Inlet Beach or whatnot, and we'll, we'll assist the Belfarium with the release. And as soon as we release them and they crawl out into the water, those of us on the rescue team can go, oh, he's turning right. He's coming back to Navarre. We'll see him in a couple of days. <laughs> and in a lot of cases, that has been the case. We have had numerous uh, uh, catches over the uh, over the weeks of, of the same turtles. So uh, that's not too far-fetched in any way. Um, but yeah, you know, it, the basic uh, concept is we just want to get all that data collection as well as make sure that x-rays and blood work are done on every single turtle. Has there been any, I know this isn't on here, but I'm going to ask, has there been any turtles that have been memorable for you of like, you're back again? Oh God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jamie would be uh, uh, my first year on the team. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, assist uh, one of our other team members, Bob blaze with uh, a rescue and uh, this was a very large, over 200-pound loggerhead uh, named wow. Jamie. And uh, we successfully rescued and, and got it down to the Gulf Airmen. And, and they were nice enough to call us, and Bob and I got to help. Uh, it's one of the first pictures I ever took uh, of Bob and myself and two of the Gulf Airmen staffers releasing this 220-pound turtle uh, back into the wild. And sure enough, uh, a couple of weeks later, Jamie gets caught again. And we were fortunate enough to be part of the rescue and the release again. Uh, and then Jamie got caught again. Oh. Uh, this time, this time the Gulf Area decided the smart thing to do was take this sucker to the east coast of Florida, uh, where Jamie is now. Uh, they did put a tracker on her, uh, and she's doing very well off the coast of Jacksonville <laughs> on the east coast. And I suspect at some point she will make her way back here. But it's nice to have a little respite from the big ones for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's going to be like that probably five years. Go around, come back up, I'm like, oh, yeah. hey, where you been? That's oh, really yeah. great. And then, How's the they, wife and kids? How's the, the house on the East Coast? Good. <laughs> <Great to see laughs> <you. laughs> so not all turtles get tagged. No, no. Uh, they all get, well, they all get tagged with flipper tags and a pig okay. tag. Uh, not all of them get the big tracking tag on the back of the carapace uh that is usually for repeat offenders um and usually some of the the more adult turtles uh, that travel long distances so that they can get a, a great sense of where they travel and how far and for what period of time so it, it's good data collection for for the research that they do on sea turtle that sounds like it so we have several different species of sea turtle through here too we i mean i went yep. through the center we've got what five or six well, there's seven in the world, seven different species of sea turtles in the world. Uh, we're fortunate enough here on the Emerald Coast to have four of those species that actually right. nest here on the on the Emerald Coast. That's the leatherback, the loggerhead, the green, and the Kemp's Ridley. And you all can learn that if you go over to the Navarre Center. Because it's there. It's actually so, really cool. <laughs> the great thing is when our team is staged out on the uh, on the pier, uh, we love talking to everybody and we love educating people and we will answer your questions. Come over. We'll show you the rig. We'll show you how we rescue the turtles. Uh, and, and we just love communicating because it's the best way that we can get the word out on how to save these wonderful creatures. 
let's actually let's talk a little bit about that because I don't have that in the questions here. And you already answered the next one. We were talking about what to do. Um, you know, basically call call you guys if you catch a turtle, call you guys. It's okay. You'll be out there quick to you, fix you it. Are, you are doing nothing wrong. In fact, you are an amazing human being for calling us and giving us a shot to make sure that this turtle has a long, healthy life. Good there. Love it. So with you, you talk about educating the public. What is something, what are a couple things or however long you want to talk about it are education pieces that you'd like anglers to know about to be ready? Um, you know, I think our, our biggest education uh, for people basically is uh, regarding the nesting, uh, nests, uh, hatchlings uh, and mothers coming on the beach to lay their eggs, uh, educating about how we've been talking about the rescue team and, and how to handle catching a turtle on, on a fishing line or whatnot and what to do, who to call. Um, and then of course, just uh, keeping people up to date on all the, you know, uh, we do a trash bash out of the center once a month where we ask people to come out and the community comes out in droves. It's fantastic. It's usually the last Saturday of each month. Uh, and we meet at the sand, one of the pavilions out on the, uh, by the pier and uh, people go out and collect trash and they, they bring it back and, and we take pictures, we post it on our website, but it's a wonderful way to help clean up the beaches and, and the parking lots and the areas uh, around Navarre Beach. Um, so there's just, you know, there's so many things that people can do that, you know, just little things that make a big difference over a long period of time. You know, don't throw that cup underneath the, the pier, throw it in a trash can, you know, don't let, you know, if a plastic bag blows off the pier, try and catch it, you know, try and hook it with your hook and get it back, get it back up. Uh, the biggest problem with plastics in the water is that sea turtles love to eat jellyfish. It's part of their diet. And they see these plastic bags in the water. And if you come out to the center, we actually have a display that is shows you live jellyfish right next to plastic bags in water and how similar they look. And these turtles just eat that stuff up. And it blocks their system. So it's all kinds of things like that that we want to educate uh, everybody out here, tourists, the locals. And, and the local fishermen are just fantastic about helping us with rescues uh, and talking to people and, and, you know, not allowing a lot of uh, craziness to go on with people who just don't understand how to how to kind of handle their equipment while they're out on the pier. But that's our main thing is just to educate everyone on what they can do, what little piece they can do to help make Navarre Beach just a better place for both us and the animals. So does every pier in our area, I mean, we've got Navarre, we've got Panama City, Pensacola, Okaloosa. Yeah, yeah we got all these great piers here in our area. Does every one of them have a dedicated turtle team to them, or is it just through FWC? I don't think that uh, – they do have teams, uh, both Okaloosa. I, I can't speak to Panama City. I'm assuming they do, but uh, I can speak to Okaloosa and uh, and Pensacola Beach. Uh, and they do have crews that go out on the pier uh, to do rescues. In fact, uh, Ralph, I was telling you about Ralph Agnew, a, a member of our team that designed the nets that we use. Uh, and uh, he has actually provided a net to Pensacola Beach as well as Okaloosa, Okaloosa Pier. And uh, they've done some rescues using the, that net, which is fantastic. Uh, but they don't have the UTV like we do. Uh, uh, it's a just a great piece of equipment that has made, I think, a huge difference in, in how many rescues we've, we've been able to pull off. Uh, many times uh, before we had the UTV or that hoist, 
you had to just man line it over the edge of the rail. And over time, that wears the rope out. You, you, all kinds of things can go wrong doing that kind of thing. So, um, you know, they do have their teams. Uh, I think they're working to try and step it up a notch and, and get to a certain level. But it takes training and it takes time. And and like I said, the most important piece of that is the dedication of the guys that are at, or, and men and women that are actually on those teams. You talk about nets, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you know the first thing if you're out of town and you know the local doesn't see you catch a turtle, which would be very odd because it, you know you're probably going to say, "Oh crap, I have a turtle," yeah. and somebody's going to come help you. Yeah. Um, your nets are a lot better than the throwover nets that you see oh, on yeah. YouTube and all that. You know, don't don't throw it down there to grab the turtle in your drop net and be like, "Oh, I'm going to help." Don't well, do you, that. You can try with a hoop net, but if you if you can actually get a 200 pound turtle in a hoop net, my oh, hat, I tip my hat to you and I want to get video of that. <laughs> it's not worth trying because you're going to get him up like this and he's going to flip it and he's going to get angry and oh, she's going to, they're going to find a way out. They're pissed. Nothing good is going to come from that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no the, it, great, the great thing about our nets and the way Ralph designed them is when we drop them, they've got three points of contact from the rope to the net. But when they hit the water, it actually splits and there's netting on each side. So it almost creates a box. So we'll get it down underneath the turtle, slide it over, and then pull up. And now the turtle is in a box, and he can't get out, no matter how much he kicks and screams. Uh, and it makes it a very safe rescue to now bring him up 30 feet without any worries of him falling out the side, banging into the cement, anything like that. It's an incredible, really incredible piece of equipment smart to build that i mean because in reality you're always worried about the trauma i mean it's like please don't get hurt you know that that from 30 feet at the navarre pier that's a long way down and oh, that yeah. much weight falling that's a significant damage absolutely so i love that you guys do that and i've seen that i've seen the at or the utv with the mm -hmm. nice little hoist system you got a great hook and pulley that goes over yeah, yeah, all and design that as well that's actually a, a an old deer stand uh that he just uh, he created a foot that we can actually attach to the back of the UTV and take it up and we train hook it up. And uh, it, it's an ingenious setup. And, and I give Ralph all the credit where he, <laughs> he is a heck of a designer and, uh, and it really is a great, it, it's the reason that we can do as many rescues as we, as we do. Well, perfect. Well, I know this episode is going to be a little shorter, so we're going to have to do another bait check because that's important to make sure we're taking care of that. This bait check is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. DSCustomTackle.com out of Delaware Surf Fishing has floats, jigs, hooks, tons of support equipment needed for fishing. And it's not just for Delaware. It works everywhere in the world. DSCustomTackle.com is a website that's full of great pieces of gear. They've got the glow-in-the-dark sand flea floats, which have been all the rage lately. You've got the BS Surf Fishing uh, rig. That's Barry Kronberger's rig. He's a great uh, charter guy out there on the west coast of Florida. Uh, or I'm sorry, the East Coast of Florida. I got my compass all mixed up today, apparently. Uh, lots of good stuff. So they also supply you if you're a rig maker. If you're looking to get in there and get a whole bunch of supply in one run, reach out to DS Custom Tackle. They'll have you set up for success. DSCustomTackle.com. We've talked about rescues. We've talked about those pieces. So let's talk about the nests. Uh, the turtles routinely come to our shores, and it's we are fortunate. We are so lucky that we get this is a very large deal to be able to get these eggs. Yeah. 
what should we do if we see a nest that hasn't been marked yet? Okay, if if you see a track um, and a, and a literally a little fluffy area of sand at the top of the track, most likely you've found a nest. Um, do not mess with it. Don't cover over the tracks or anything. Use that number to contact our center or the pier, one of the two, so they can contact our nesting team. Out of the conservation center, we run uh, several teams, but one of the teams is the rescue team. One is a nesting team. It's called the Sea Turtle Patrol Team. And what their job is, is basically to go out uh, every morning from May 1st until October 31st, nesting season. Uh, they go right at sunup. They go from one end of the beach all the way to the other, running right along the water line, looking up for those tracks. Uh, and then if they spot the tracks, they spot the nest, we'll mark it off and put the federal sign on it that it's a federal offense uh, to mess with a sea turtle nest. And then we'll monitor it for the 60 days, not closely, but we will monitor it uh, for the 60 day incubation period. And then we'll be there to not assist, but just to make sure no turtles head back to the lights of the condos when the nest actually hatches. Uh, but if somebody were to find a nest that's not marked or think they've found a nest, even if you think, don't, there's no stupid phone call. I mean, if you think you found a nest, call us. We are happy to go out. And I'd, I'd much rather have you call and be able to go out there and tell you, no, you didn't find a nest. You know, uh, it was just a raccoon or something. Uh, then have you not call at all uh, because it's so important for the survival of these turtles. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of the, the fact that only one in every thousand sea turtle hatchling makes it to adulthood, which is 25 years old, um, which is incredible. Uh, and so the more sea turtle nests that we can find, protect and get those hatchlings back out into the Gulf, uh, you know, just the better chances uh, those numbers have of, of getting better. Um, so, yeah, there's uh, if you think you found a nest, Absolutely. Call us. Let us get our team out there and we will make the assessment. Uh, don't touch anything. If you can, keep people away from it uh, and we'll get out there and we'll make the assessment. And if it is a nest, we will mark it off. We will thank you and give you a Sea Turtle Hero sticker. And we really appreciate all the help that the, the community can give us. If I ever found one, and before you guys, I'd have to, my only request would be, can I be here when it when it does that? <laughs> I just want to kind of... The great thing for the public is, is that after a nest hatches, 72 hours after the nest hatches, we do what's called a nest assessment. And we post this on our Facebook page. Uh, and it's open to the public. Excuse me. And what we do is, is our team goes out. Uh, we go to the nest that hatched. We will slowly dig up that nest so that we can count how many eggs hatched. We'll also find eggs that weren't hatched. We will flashlight those to find out if they're viable embryos or not. And then nine out of 10 times, we always find stragglers that got caught under heavy, wet sand uh, trying to come out. So we will actually transfer them into a cooler and hold them till the sun sets. And then we'll release them on the beach so that they can walk down, imprint the beach in their mind and hit the water. Uh, and the public is more than welcome to join us for that. And that, that's the greatest way that you can see and the safest way to see a hatchling uh, come out of the nest and go down into the water. That's cool. I didn't it know you really guys posted it on there. I've, I mean, I've seen the videos last year that yeah. you were showing the videos. I didn't know you did an invite out. That's even yeah, more. That's no, we, we post when we're going to do those assessments and we encourage the public to come out. And, and 
I know how much everybody loves to see a hashlet. I mean, they're absolutely adorable. Uh, and this is your best chance. And this is the safest way to do it. And I highly recommend it because it's a great experience. So with this, and I've, I've said this, and we don't need to beat this dead horse, but you're welcome to talk to it. If you guys are on the beach and you see a hole dug by somebody and it's left there and it's a deep hole, fill the damn thing in. Thank um, you. <laughs> if you because, see a big castle, if you see a big castle on the beach, please knock it over. You know, these sea turtles, the females come on at night. Uh, and when they come on, it's dark out there. They can't see what they're doing and they can't see where a hole is. They can't see a castle. So they're going to try and climb over it or they'll fall into the hole. The problem with sea turtles, okay, all other turtles are okay, but with sea turtles, they have no way of writing themselves if they fall on their uh, upside down. Uh, zero way of, of writing themselves. So if a female were to come on the beach at, say, 11 o'clock at night and fall in this hole upside down, by the time our nesting team got out on the beach at sunrise, unfortunately, because their lungs are just under their upper carapace or shell, she would have suffocated by then. So we just ask that everybody cover those, you know, fill those holes in, knock those castles down, go out and build them again tomorrow and dig them up tomorrow. But, but overnight, just flatten. We call it leave no footprint is basically it. Leave the beach flat, just like you found it. And trust me, that'll help the turtles more than you can imagine. I mean, not saying that this is summertime for your kids, but here's a couple of things that you can do with the summer with your kids. Look at this. You can go and walk the beach, clean up trash, knock down, knock down castles, fill in holes, watch, check out a turtle's nest, watch them hatch and go out. I mean, you got a whole program right here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Like I said, we do not, we don't announce when the nests will actually hatch. Uh, we want that to happen naturally. And the best thing in the world is not to have those hatchlings not have uh, the distraction of human beings running all over the place. Uh, so we don't announce when those when the hatching is going to happen. But we do invite everybody to join us for the assessment. It's a wonderful educational tool. We stand there and we tell you everything we're doing as we're doing it. Uh, we answer questions. And hopefully you'll just have a great experience and get to see a hatchling like uh, like you never would before. <laughs> uh, that'd be so much fun. That'd be so great. Uh, so you, you talked about the uh, the team always goes out, they looking for nests. Now, as they're going through in this time with during the gestation, are they doing anything with the nests or are they just verifying and checking them? What, what else do they do? Once we have nests on the beach and they've been marked off, uh, every morning when our nesting team goes out, as they're looking for new nests, as they come up on the existing nests, they will, we kind of flatten the tops. So we know what to look for. We check the condition of the nest. We want to make sure there are no uh, small holes where ghost crabs have gotten in to the nest because if a ghost crab gets down there, it will feast. Uh, so we'll try and get the ghost crab out of the nest if possible. But we want to make sure that the nest is intact every morning. So whoever does the nesting run in the morning checks every single nest to make sure everything's looking good. And we do spot checks. We do spot checks during the day. We don't tell people about, but we'll walk past just to make sure everything's looking good. But how many nests in a year do we get here? Uh, last year we had 10 nests. I mean, it, it changes every year. Uh, it's, it, it's very seasonal. Like with the leatherbacks, I think they only nest every two years, the females. Uh, so, you know, one year you could be overloaded with, with nests and the next year it's basically nothing. Uh, last year we had 10 nests, uh, 10 loggerhead nests on, on Navarre Beach proper. Uh, and all 10 successfully hatched and, and went out. 
we have one nest on the beach now. Uh, it's a loggerhead. Uh, it's right out in front of the Regency. You can't miss it. It's it's double taped and double stacked, so <laughs> you can't miss it out there on the beach. But uh, she had yeah. to pick that high traffic area. She oh, couldn't absolutely. have gone further down. <laughs> oh, you know. Well, you got to remember, they're looking for the dark spots. Right. So there are a lot of people out there with flashlights. And by the way, if uh, anybody who's listening, if you want to come by the center, uh, we have little stickers that you can put on the flashlights on your telephone. Actually, turns it to an amber color. So while you're out there looking for the ghost crabs. You can see everything you want to see, but the turtles can't see you. And they will actually, they will think the beach is dark and they will come up and nest. Uh, so uh, come by the center anytime, get those stickers. They're free. We uh, we just want to encourage everybody to be out there with amber lights on the beach. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, so those guys go out and check the nests. And, and then once we get a sign that we know it's going to hatch, uh, then we pulled the team together and they will be out there that night to make sure everything goes smoothly. And then we will announce the assessment the next morning so that people will have plenty of time to schedule coming out and having a really great experience. So how with Navarre, cause I mean, we've got a great set of beaches here. I mean, the whole panhandle is a, is a perfect zone for the turtles. We know right. that. Yeah. Is there anything specific about our area that's different than others when it comes to turtles? No, not really. Uh, we have a wonderful beach. It's a nice size beach. I mean, it has been washed back a little bit, but uh, uh, it's it's smaller than some of the other area beaches. If you look down Eglin, they've got a little bit more beach space. If you ever go up to Pensacola Beach, they've got a little wider beach area. Uh, but uh, no, it's very conducive for the, the turtles to come on. Like I said, their only hindrance is humans, uh, the lights. Uh, they want a nice dark area to come up on shore. So uh, you know, anything you can do to turn those lights out on the beach, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we'd like to get as many nests as we possibly can out on this beach because it, it's just an incredible experience. And, and it's what we can do to help save this, these species is uh, to give them the proper places where they can lay their nests safely, feel comfortable enough to come up, do their, lay their eggs and, and go back out to sea. So, and then know that, you've got special people like our nesting team that are out there making sure those nests are safe and will hatch and get out to the bus. No, we're doing great things with that. That's so cool. I mean, I I've seen you guys work and I'm always like, Oh, it's cool, whatever. And I never really did much in it. And then we took our daughter to the, the center and it was like, Oh, okay. There's a lot more to discuss here. There's a lot more things to learn about. Oh, yeah. And no, it, as it's, it's continued, as, as we've, and we, as we've talked, I've learned from you on our just regular conversations and the other uh, depends on who the staff member is at the center. I've learned something from each one of them, something different. So it's well, you know, the crazy thing is I still go out there. I work every Wednesday. That's my day. I'm out at the center. I'm, I'm usually giving tortoise talks or tank talks about sweepy, um, but Q and a with, with guests and everything. Uh, but every time I go out, I learn something new. I mean, and I've been there now for almost four years and every time, Every day I learn something new. It's just, it's it's amazing. It's really cool. <laughs> I, like... I, worked, I worked in Washington, D.C. for 30 years and I learned basically nothing. And I learned something new every week since I've been <laughs> working at the center. So it's incredible. It really is a great experience. It really, y'all are doing great things. Well, we're only got like two, we got two more questions left. So let's knock out the very last bait check of the episode.
It is your third and final bay check of the episode. Bring that line in. Make sure it's completely stacked. Get it back out there. Hopefully you're having a great time out there fishing. This last bay check is being brought to you by the Kids Can Fish Foundation. Kidscanfish.net is the website to go check a look at. These, this group out of the St. Simons Island, Georgia area is taking kids out and teaching them fishing, cast netting, all these different techniques, and they're showing them how to do it, but they're also sending these kids home with gear. We do that through your donations. They are a full 501c3 that only survives off of you all and us to help us get them these kids out there fishing. Last one they did, the kids all got fishing rods that came out. They got a rod, reel combo. They all learned something. It was to help them there. And like they always say, more tackle boxes, less Xboxes. You can also support them by joining up on the Redfish uh, Running of the Bulls tournament that at uh, st simon's island it's also on the website on kidscanfish.net your proceeds for that also go back to helping the center uh, or i'm helping them keep these clinics and uh, camps going on if you want to donate product you can also reach out to them they also can do that they've got a lot of raffles and other fun things they do so kidscanfish.net help a kid go fish you won't be sad about it i promise so well, now that we really nailed into the last couple pieces here, you have been a wealth of knowledge, and I am beyond thankful for it. I really am. This has been great. But you I don't take the opportunity. Thank you. Hey, anytime, anytime I can help you guys. No, I won't hesitate. I am there. Absolutely. You also, um, you don't just have sea turtles at the center too. You have a very, you have a couple other species there. We do. We we've got a couple of tortoises. Uh, we've got uh, three diamondback terrapins. Uh, two different species of diamondback terrapins, but we have terrapins, we've got box turtles, we've got jellyfish, we have a reef tank, we've got a blue crab, and uh, we have Grumpy the lionfish, and uh, who is in a tank by himself, I assure you. And uh, we have a lovely gift shop. And uh, really exciting news is we're expanding the center. Uh, for those of you who have been by, you've seen that we've built a new structure, uh, and we're very excited to be, get kick that off. Uh, it'll be a great addition to the center. It'll be a great educational experience for everybody. We're going to have a, uh, we already have hanging in there, a, uh, a basically a skeleton of a dinosaur sea turtle. Uh, we, below that, we will have a large uh, ray and, uh, what do you call it, uh, horseshoe crab tank. Uh, we will also have a submarine with a VR experience where you sit in there, you put the goggles on, and the submarine will take you through a, uh, uh, off the coast, the reef, the artificial reef. So you'll get to see all the turtles and the fish and, and the wildlife out on the reef. Uh, it also have a room where uh, we will have big plexiglass windows so that when we re when our rescue team rescues a turtle, we'll bring them in that room and the public will be able to watch us do our data collection and how we treat the turtles and how we, uh, how we go about the uh, mission of getting them down to the rehab facility. So we're really excited about that. That should be opening in a couple of months and uh, you know, we'll keep you posted on that, but just check our website because uh, that's the best place to find out what's going on. But we're really excited about that. I think it's so great. You guys are doing this. Congratulations on the expanding. Oh, I mean, I wish, you know, I almost wish that you guys could link up with the, uh, who's it in the back of you guys? It's not the lifeguards that they do. The, uh, the Marine, the Marine uh, science center. Yeah, the yep. Marine Science Center put on a wonderful summer camp a couple of years ago, and they haven't done it last year or this year, which I'm really butthurt about. So is my <laughs> kid. But it, that whole area of, of taking care of all the things and learning and showing, it's it's doing such great things. Well, you know, the great thing is about the location of, of the Turtle Center is just you can go in and you can learn 
quite a bit about the ecosystem around the area. And then actually walk out the front doors and you're right in the middle of it. Walk over onto the beach and you'll see half the things you just saw in the center, but you won't real now you'll know what they are. Come out on the pier. Yeah. We'll tell you what kind of turtle you're looking at when that thing comes up to grab a breath of air. You know, we're we're out there to answer your questions and, and to tell you what you can do if you catch a turtle or or what we do when we rescue a turtle. So we're happy to talk to everybody. You know, we just want to get the word out and it's it's just such a great location. It's really perfect to help educate everybody. It sounds wonderful. And I am very thankful for all your time. So I'll ask you the last question that I ask everybody. What's next for you? For me, uh, I just plan to fight the good fight with these guys for as long as I possibly can. I know my body's getting a little older and, and uh, won't be able to do the things that I, I like to do. But uh, no, I, I am so thrilled to be a part of this wonderful group of people. And, and so just really do love what I do with the, the rescue and the center and the board of directors. Uh, and I'm just excited to see what corner we're going to turn next and and how far we can we can ride this crazy train because it's it's just been a great ride for three and a half years and i can't wait to see what we have down the road well thank you so much keith for coming on here and talking with us about the navarre beach sea turtle conservancy and, and all the things with the rescue and what you guys do and what we should do to reach out to you i'm very thankful for all the time you've given and uh, i know that somebody is going to uh be able to use this yeah hopefully. absolutely my pleasure i thank you so much i mean this just being on this podcast can help educate two people guess what we've done our job for today and that's that's an amazing thing well hopefully we get more than two but absolutely. yes <laughs> I'm just saying, if we can get through to two people we've done our job so you know, I, yes. I hope we're i hope everybody has learned a lot and please please feel free to come to the center ask questions if you see us out on the pier, approach us. We're very approachable. We're kind of crazy, but uh, we love talking to people. We love answering questions. So, uh, you know, just come talk to us. We'd, we'd love to fill you in. Well, perfect. All right, Keith, I'll let you go here. Just I'll put you back in the green room. I'll bring you back up after. We'll do our little post-show stuff, and uh, we'll go from there. Much appreciated, Ryan. You take care of yourself. Yes, sir. We'll see you soon. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I know this was a little different of an episode than you're used to, but I'm sure you picked up something. I picked up a bunch. I've been to the center a couple times and I thought I was like, Oh, I'm doing okay. And in this interview, I picked up more, <laughs> which makes it even funnier. Always goes to show you can learn something every day, right? So you've been listening to finding Demo most Hope it helped you. You take care of yourselves. We will see you next week. I am out of here. 